0: Yes, yes. This is Kojo from the Free Midfield Podcast, as you know. Um, This is going to be one of many shows of the Premier League clubs and a review of their season. Today we talk Chelsea and who else would I invite on to speak about their club than Theo from the Shed End. Theo, how you doing, bro?
1: I'm good, man. First of all, thanks for having me back on Free Midfield. Always a pleasure. But yeah, I'm, I'm good, albeit with a bad season. But yeah, I'm good. How you
0: doing? Yeah, oh no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Um, yes, I mean, for my club as well, it's been it's been a okay, it's been a good season. I'm not gonna lie. We've got another game coming up soon, so. And <laughs> <close to that.
1: laughs> said it. We tried to hide the smile. <laughs> 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 I see it, man. I, I don't miss a trick.
0: i <laughs> will <laughs> try I'm trying to be cocky. I know for you it's not being the best of seasons. Um, yeah. And Chelsea have had this in the past where they've had like a yeah. uh, fantastic season the year before, and they're out of nowhere. They've had uh, quite a dramatic fall in the season, but I wouldn't say anywhere near this level. Um, there's been a lot of changes at Chelsea, new ownership, uh, managerial changes, and there's a new manager coming in as well soon. In, I think he's starting tomorrow, actually. For those listening, today it's the 31st of May, so the 1st of June, which would be tomorrow. If you're listening, is going to be first day for Mauricio Pochettino. Am I right, or is it in July? Uh, no, first
1: of July. First of, first of July, July. So, so it's yeah, of July.
0: yeah,
1: I think he's working behind the scenes from now, but officially he starts on the
0: first. Okay, absolutely awesome. Okay, well, you know, let's start there. Let's start there. We'll start with Pochettino before we get into the season. Um, Obviously, if anyone that doesn't know Pochettino's managerial history, started at Espanol as manager, with Southampton did a very good job there. Went to Tottenham, did probably or probably was their best Premier League era manager. I think that's fair to say. Champions League finalists, two title races, no trophies. Um So in the Premier League era, I think only Juan de Ramos is still the only one to get them a, a trophy of some sort. Um And um, of course, he's gone to PSG recently. Up and down time there, but what manager goes there and has a, a complete year up time, that's just what happens with PSG. Um Looking at your current squad, looking at his history with previous players and teams, are you excited for this appointment?
1: I'm going to say yeah. I'm going to say yeah, because sim- for the simple fact that it has been a turbulent couple of seasons for for Chelsea Chelsea fans as well. Um, obviously, Graham Potter, Frank Lampard, Thomas Tuchel departing. So it's been a mad roller coaster. The sanctions change your ownership. So I think it needed someone to come in with the... I'm not going to call Potutino a world class manager because I don't think he's at that level yet. I think he's still. I think he's pushing on the door to get into the world class bracket, but I think he's definitely got qualities that we haven't seen from the previous three or four managers. And I think that's where we have to we have to kind of give him the time as well. I think the the thing with Potutino is criticised for not winning trophies at Tottenham, even though greater managers in terms of Conte and Jose have have failed at Tottenham as well and he was criticized for having a Rolls race of a squad at PSG so I think this is probably a good a good test to see where he is now in terms of his managerial qualities he's kind of got a really good squad in terms of what's at Chelsea but at the same time he's got a lot of work to do in terms to get things right so he's almost in between the spurs in between the PSG in my opinion you know he's got a quality squad but he's he's still got to do something with it and one of the good things about Potocino is he, he loves to, or he has previously loved to work with younger players and develop them. You look at, you know, even going back to like Ricky Lambert, Deli Alley, you know, got the best out of Son, best out of Kane. Um, you know, really good, really good players. He likes to press as well. He likes to have the, the well, from what I know and from what, I'm, what, I, what I've seen of him with Spurs and, and um, PSG, Southampton, you know, he likes his team to at times control possession. Um, very much early days at Spurs, he did. I think that kind of changed as as times went on for, for Spurs. They, they just burnt out because of the amount of running that he wants them to do. Um, He's got a good squad there in Chelsea. Um, Problem is, he's got too good of a squad in terms of numbers. So he needs mm. to trim that down quickly. Obviously, just before we were talking about, Kovacic has been um, allowed to speak to Manchester City. off is cheap after Newcastle game on Sunday, looked like he'd played his last game. He was very tearful, kind of emotional coming off the pitch. So you'd think he's going to want to go. There's there's a number of players I think need to go, which we'll probably touch on later. But in terms of the appointment itself, probably the best time to get in a manager that isn't going to take any rubbish from the owners, bringing people in at halftime or trying to address the squad during match days and stuff like that. And also someone that has the quality to take this squad to a Champions League final, potentially win it in a couple of years or try and push back into European spots in the Premier League. So good appointment overall, uh, happy with the two and a half years or two years with an option. Sorry, to extend, yeah. Makes sense in terms of what we've done with Potter. So happy, uh, happy so far. We'll see what happens in the next couple of months in the summer window,
0: man. Mm, I mean, I, I'm going to, I'm going to back up Postino here as well, because I think he's been given a bit of an unfair rep. I think, um, when you come from Southampton, Espanol, people look at you and say, up and coming." Went to Tottenham, and I think it overachieved at Tottenham in terms of the expectations. Took them into a made them a certified Champions League team. Um, got to a final. Another title races. You know, people say, "I mean, we all know the jokes about Tottenham finishing third in a two horse race." Even though, if we're checking the, the stats and the, and the history, Arsenal were top of the league. I suppose we never, but we move. Hey, we're here to do agendas. So I'm just saying the truth. Um, and then um, you go to the next season and they finish behind Antonio Contes, Chelsea, who, after losing 3 uh, 0, the Emirates went on an outstanding run mm. straight to the league as well. And they were deserved winners. And even in that year, for people that love points and rave on about points, Spurs got 86 points, which is not bad. It's very good, you know? Um, but he did make one thing clear, and I'm going to ask you a question from it. When he was at Tottenham, and he realised after finishing second that he needed a few more pieces, he made the comment to Gary car saying that you know sometimes you need to change the furniture in the house. There's a lot of furniture that needs changing at Chelsea. Um, I mean, you talked about Loftus Cheek. You're talking about we talked about Kovacic already. Uh, Mason Mount is someone who's heavily linked to a move away apparently May United are the front runners for that one and the fees are up and down depending on who you believe Um, do you think do you think the players that he has there at his disposal right now who do you think just maybe four or five individuals would be key to his style of football and what he'd want to do at Chelsea
1: I think first of all, the, well, the first one's Enzo Fernandez, clearly. Mm. I think the fact that he's Argentinian Poch, do you know what I mean? There's a connection there already between the two of them. Um I think whoever comes in to partner, obviously I'm talking hypotheticals, but whoever comes in, surely we're gonna sign someone to partner Enzo Fernandez in midfield. Kante I mean, he still hasn't signed a deal. He's still got a deal on the table that was meant to be signed, you know, three or four three or four weeks ago. Still hasn't signed so talks of to you would assume, and his injuries record isn't the best anyway now, so we need to kind of look beyond N'Golo Kante, but someone has to come into partner. Um, Enzo Flanders nearly forgot he was talking about then. Um, and Kunku's meant to be coming in as well, pre-agreements already been signed, medical, I think was done you know, six months ago. So if he comes in, I think he's going to be crucial. Obviously, João Felix has been confirmed not to be coming back on a permanent or additional loan. So I think he comes in to play that role. Um, I think Noni Madweki, and the reason I say that as well, because if I remember my t- from the Spurs, to the time at Spurs, and I think even for a, a large proportion of his time at PSG, he liked to play 4-2-3-1. Now, I, th- I, I would expect maybe Noni Madweki, maybe uh, Mudrik on the other side, or maybe Raheem Sterling to be those, those two players on the side and Gunku in the middle. And then we do need a number nine going forward. But I think you look at, Look at the way he's set up with Spurs. I think a lot of, at least over 140 games for Spurs were played as a four-two-three-one. So when I talk about Enzo, that partnership in midfield is going to be crucial. Um, Rhys James, again, another player that we need to, to have fit all season. Yeah. Um, so, someone who we've lost you know, back-to-back seasons now for a large period of season. It's been a massive impact in terms of how we get forward with the ball, the transition and of the ball going forward, right wing back or right back. He's still one of the best in, if not the league, probably in the world uh, on his day. So I, I think he's going to be crucial, but there's there's so many gaps that we don't have. Like I said, striker, goalkeeper, yeah. partner, Enzo Fernandez in midfield. I think it's more of who do we bring in as opposed to the current squad. We know already, We, we you know, as Chelsea fans, who said for, know, two, three seasons, the squad, yes, it's got key players in there. It's got big players. You know, look at Thiago Silva, you know, 39, nearly 40 years of age. So it's got players in there that are good, but we also need to address a lot of the issues that after 600 million, we still haven't done. So mm. I think it's more who comes in and obviously who goes out. But we need to bring in a lot of additions to to satisfy, I think, Potichino kickstarting the season.
0: Well, yeah, even that you said um, in Cuckoo, I think Melo Augusto is coming as well in the summer yeah, as well, he's another, yeah. another right-back. Which is interesting because obviously Rhys James, is, he's fantastic. I, I have no doubts about him. But with the injury issues that he does have, if Malacus still comes in and hits the ground running, it's obviously a big if, you never know. Football is football. That's a that's a potential challenging position. Another young right-back full of energy, can go up and down. Defensively, I'm not sure on him. I haven't seen highlights of him defensively because, as you know, the, the modern Modern thing is all right backs and full backs and left backs, wing backs, whatever you want to call them, must attack, 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 you know, and be able to create, not really focus on what they can do defensively unless they can um recovery do that recovery defender so like Kyle Walkerish. ish. Um but I'm intrigued to see what you do because I dare I say a European less Chelsea <laughs> that's giving a manager essentially the keys to build his team. You've been linked with people like um, Ugate from um, Sporting Lisbon. Who anyone that listens to this podcast knows I am a, a, a Portuguese league stan. If Chelsea get him, I'm furious. <laughs> I'm furious. Um, because I've got a curveball season...
1: for that in a minute. So I'm gonna let you finish, but I got a curveball.
0: Oh, okay. I I'm gonna be run through this and then you Um. Because um, I'm, I'm, I was a big fan of Xavi Paulinho, and I was surprised that he went to Fulham. Not that Fulham are a bad club, but I thought he would be able to go to like a, a higher level club. And I wanted to be an understudy to you at Casemiro at Man United. Um, oh, before he was even linked with Casemiro, that's when I went at United. And Igartes is another one that, in that mod as a defensive midfielder, tends to be an anchor man, tends to be a deep line playmaker in terms of roles at the, in that position. Just muted myself. He's a master of it. Um, and I think also you've been linked with Diogo Costa from Porto as well. Good goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what is your curveball? Because I'm, I'm now, now I'm, I'm intrigued. What's going on?
1: So apparently there was talks with uh, Garte, I think yesterday or the day before, Todd Bowley, as Todd Bowley does, even though this is the same man that said he's backing away from his responsibilities at Chelsea, he's <laughs> going to reduce it down to 5% instead of something like 25, 20, 20% at the moment. So you would expect Todd Bowley not to be having these discussions. It didn't work last season. Yeah. Now he's gone in with Ogarte. and I think the way that the structure of the deal that Todd Bowley wants to do is very similar to the deals that he's done previously, trying to you know, manoeuvre the goalpost, as as we want to call it, yeah. and um, I think PSG have come in and basically get offered him double, I think, or maybe even triple the wages that we've offered him, and I think the fee structure is a lot less than what we're trying to offer to, um, to, to Sporting, so uh, it's a no-brainer i think if you had any common sense depending on which which one you'd want to go with i mean psg sounds very appealing obviously there's a lot of superstars there as well um it, it's whether i mean the long-term vision the long-term projects what do you want to go with do you want to go and win trophies instantly with the likes of mbappe and co or do you want to try and build something with potichino who's who i believe has spoken very uh like closely with Agate already and they've had some sort of dialogue so I wouldn't say it's, it's a no from now, but I think it's definitely through derailed the discussions and the negotiations with with um, with Chelsea at the moment. So we have to see how that pans out. But uh, would I mean this could be a Rafinha all over again, and a, you know a, a Gabby a Jesus all over again, and yeah. other players that we were meant to get last season. So
0: it, yeah, it,
1: it could derail.
0: I mean, if I, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie here. I think it's a kind of a sticky one for him, and this is why. I've never liked or fell in love with the PSG project. I, I don't mm-hmm. like how they do business or how they go for players. I don't think there's ever been a plan um, because they obviously change three managers. So sort I of like how I criticise Mainai and other Premier League clubs. There's no sort of, I don't know, if I compare it to Southampton, 2011 to maybe 2016 before they brought in Mark Hughes, if I remember correctly, there was like a succession of managers that play a certain brand of football. So if one left, the other one came in, it was continuous, maybe a few changes, but there was a brand of football at the club they wanted to play, and you know there was a system and everything works, and you build a team for the managers that come in, whereas at PSG. It's just, well, okay, this guy's available, so let's bring him in. And this guy, manager, <laughs> bring him in. If I'm being honest, what did they want with Vigate? Because last season, they signed Carlos Soler, they yeah. signed this guy, they signed that guy, you know, there's no plan. But then at Chelsea, you've got an owner who essentially looks like he's just buying to buy. And mm-hmm. you as a player, you've got to sit there and say, okay, I'm talking to you, but we all got eyes here and, you know, we all got social media, football's everywhere, I can see it. I know who Chelsea are, Chelsea are a huge club they one of the biggest clubs in England and in Europe. You've got this manager in. Why am I not talking to him? Am I a part of his plans or am I just being brought in because I'm mm-hmm. the, new, the, the new hottest name on the market? Um, so I'm intrigued to see, but if I'm being honest, if he, in my opinion, I think he should choose Chelsea because um, I think if he goes to PSG, he's living there in a year's time anyway, just wasting his time. Um, so that's my opinion on that, really. Uh, Mood trick is another one I want to ask you about. Now... Uh, <laughs> Now he hasn't well I was gonna be a bit kind to him as he hasn't hit the ground running, he's just been an absolute disaster of a side so far. Things can change. But um I'm not really a stats guy, but for a winger who is tricky and you know fast, and from what the highlights we've seen at his previous club, Shatar, zero goals and zero assists is not looking good for him. But We all know that Pochettino loves a good, tricky winger and likes to get his wingers inside and, you know, getting them involved in the play, link up with the striker. Even Lamella thrived under Pochettino at Spurs Mm -hmm. a little bit as well. We know what Son's history is at Spurs as a whole and with Pochettino. How big is next year for that kid? Because he's still young, man. I I don't like doing this to these guys because in reality, they're young, but the pressure's on.
1: Yeah, I think it always comes down to, and it shouldn't, but it, a lot of it comes down to the price tag of a player. If he was 20 million, you know, I, I don't think, and I agree with you 100%, I don't, I, apart from the Liverpool game at Anfield, I have not seen anything from this guy to make me think, yeah, we've got something there. He hasn't shown me enough. He shows you five minutes of a 60 minute cameo of what he might be able to do. And when you pay that much money, and like you said, you know Shakhtar, the the, the reels that you used to see the YouTube clips, you're thinking, wow, we're getting a we're getting a really good player here, but he hasn't shown anything. And next season, I'm hoping with Potocino coming in, he gets the best out of him. Like I said at the start, you know, he likes his 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 his, his, uh, his plays to to press, so that means he's got to, he's got to be part of that. You know, that yeah. tactically he's got to be on on job to do that as well. The same with the right side, but I just think there's I don't know I, I feel it's a hard league to come into. You know, we've seen players previously, not just at Chelsea, other, you know, I think even back to sort like Jack Grealish when he went to City, his first season was was, yeah. was relatively poor under, under Pep and then he's developed slightly this season. So I think if we can see the same consistency or the tra- trajectory from how he's been this season to where we're trying to get him to get to, there's a player in there. I mean, we don't, you only have to, you only need to see what you can do. Like I said, those little tiny spells, there's a player in there. You know, and I think it is just maybe a change of manager, as I said before, you know, trimming down the squad. I think that doesn't help. You know, he's only been playing certain role, a certain uh, restricted role in terms of starting games. You know, coming on as a sub in like the 70th minute, like that, that's not consistent enough. And one of the things we need next season is consistency in our, our starting 11. We need a starting 11 that is our base starting 11. Yeah, you got to rotate, you got to swap, you got to factor in injuries, suspensions, et cetera but you need a base starting 11 that you work with they get consistency they get regular football together they understand how each other plays the link up play rest of it we've got we've got to get that next season and I hope he is part of that because he's he's got he has got talent but it's massive next season is massive for him if he if don't the right players off too quick but you know yeah. you talk about the team of Werner Kai Havertz you know those sort of players that Christian Pulisic, you know, we, we we talk about these players still as, oh, we've got to give him a bit more time and he was at this the season when I think, I think Lampard was there the first, the first stint. Yeah. Some yeah of them. So yeah, yeah. We've got to start thinking about how long do we give a player? Mudrick for me has another two seasons in him. There has to be a development. There has to be something that shows us that, okay, he's not, the finished article but he's 50 percent now and then next yeah. season i want to see him at 75 percent. and then the season after that he should be at least 90 you know and then consistently trying to get to 100 so we have to see but it, it, um, is it a confidence thing possibly you know he's coming into a new league a lot of pressure price tag mm. this, this season was probably the worst season for him to come to chelsea and so i think we have to see what he can do with the potuccino and then assess him from from the
0: yeah, bro, literally, it, it, it could be just be a goal. It could be the most scrappiest of goals, but if it hits the back of the net, he might just go on a mad one after. He might say, yeah, I'm, okay, I'm feeling this now. This has been football.
1: close. He's been close a couple of times, but as I said, and to be fair, they all came in the Liverpool game, <laughs> the 15 yeah. minutes that he gave us. So I think hes um, he's got talent. He's got talent there. So, you know, we we'll just have to see what what happens next season.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to see what he does. I I, I do like a lot of players in your squad. I, I'm a I'm a fan of Badia um yep. I'm a fan of I, well, I don't see my fan of I saw videos. I'm not someone that likes basing on clips. I need see No, I'm more. same. Yeah, yeah, so I'm I i I'll, I'll give him some time. Madweki, I I do like as well. Um you definitely do need a striker. Before we go into the managers and you had in the previous season and obviously had the season as a whole, Charles Felix, you happy with him leaving?
1: I think he's got talent. And I said to someone earlier, he's gonna be a, a Ballon d'Or winner one day okay I, I believe that my only downside is the i mean the loan structure was set up all wrong in the first place i don't know if we'd signed him by the time i came on here last time i I don't think we had i can't remember when i came on it it's either when potter was a, a sat or when we announced potter or in between that spell i can't remember yeah, I um idea. but i don't think we had jal felix at the time now yeah. uh, the, the structure of the, the loan madness I don't know who signed off that that deal. That walked himself out of Cobham tonight because yep. that was one of the muddiest loan deals I think I've ever seen in Premier League. In King. fact,
0: no, we did speak about it because I remember me you saying we did. If if even if, if he does, even if he doesn't do well, or he does do well, regardless of how it goes, if you structure a loan like that, yeah, can't lie, yeah. at the end of the loan you have to sign the player yeah, because did, you can't so. be giving them money and all the other stuff and then and they let the terms. guy go back. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Yeah, sounds...
1: like, and I think I read I think I read a stat yesterday That said um, Each of his goals And I think he only scored Maybe three Maybe Mike got that wrong They they cost four million a goal And his appearances Were costing Seven hundred and fifty thousand Per appearance
0: Excuse me
1: Yeah yeah I remember I think he was I think uh, Bearing in mind he, I know he was suspended For three games After the Fulham sending off But You're still talking mad money And obviously We're still paying his wages now, there's no option, no obligation to buy in this loan deal. Uh, I think it was a bad, it was whoever signed it off. Honestly, they, they Apprentice is what I'm going to call them. But um, in, in terms of Am I Happy, I, I think it made sense. So if we get in Kunku and I think it makes sense. Potichino, I think he's, like, he's, like, he's keen to see play in playing that sort of tent role behind the striker which is where Zhao Felix was playing anyway, majority of the time. And I think for the fee that they were asking for, I think it would have only made sense if we could have potentially offloaded someone like Lukaku um, into that deal, maybe weave that into the deal, get reduced the fee for um, Jao Felix in in part exchange for Lukaku. That probably would have made a bit of sense. But I, I think for the money they were asking, obviously FFP, we've got our offload of players. We still need to bring in, like I said, a striker, a goalkeeper, a DM. I think it wouldn't have made sense to, to do that this season. So I think really good player, but probably the wrong time to try and sign him as well.
0: Yeah, I, I hear that. I mean, I'm just going to say this right now. As, as extremely unlikely as it is, if there's anybody, and I mean anybody <laughs> from Manchester United Football Club listening, <laughs> that's involved in transfers, go sign him. Believe me, <laughs> go sign him. Because
1: what, over, over me Mount, over me Mount, well, <laughs> I,
0: think
1: that's the, no, I think that's a more realistic one. I think, I think out of the two, bearing in mind, they're probably going to be, well, I think Chelsea valued Mason Mount at 70 to 80 million, which is what Jao Felix is, even though Mason Mount's in his, um, his last year of his deal. So yes. you'd expect it to be a lot lower, but Chelsea's Chelsea, top Bowley's at the, at the wheel. So I, I, I think that's the more realistic. The one that makes more sense is Jao Felix, 100%. Because you can see when he's on the pitch, tiny little detail of things that some people don't even pick up on. Yeah. He's doing it. He is doing it. And he's done that in a squad at Chelsea, which was not cohesion. There's no cohesiveness at all, at yeah. <laughs> that squad. So for him to look good in that Chelsea squad this season... Well, uh, that,
0: that, that's, that's the thing. I mean... I, I, I... I'm, I do like Mason, man. I'm not going to um, act as if I don't. I don't agree with the fee. You've said that he's got a year left on his contract. Similar to like Harry Kane. Harry Kane's got a year left on his contract. But, listen, values is what the club thinks they are. It's like people will say, I don't want to pay over 100 million for Declan Rice. But that's what value West Ham yeah, gives is. The money's the, money's the money. The money's the money. And to, yeah. truth be told, that's what they value him because that's how important he is to them. So if they're losing someone of that magnitude, they're going to want top, top dollar. That's the just price
1: this. is the price, man.
0: Yeah, exactly. You've got to play it. Game is the game. As my friends used to say in the group chat, spend the coin. If you like it or not, you've got to spend the coin. Um Felix, I think he would probably be even attainable for about 60. And the reason I say that is just because Atletico made a statement where they sort of just the president sort of said we don't know what we're doing with him, and there is no plan for him here, to be honest. So surplus. <laughs> yeah, he's a surplus. Unless <laughs> unless the, the truth unless the rumors that um Simeone will step down at the end of the season come in and if a new manager comes in and wants him, things change. But as far as they're concerned right now, they're bringing back a player that they're not really interested in keeping, hence why he was allowed to go on and to Chelsea. Um but I digress. If Mason Mount does contemplate United I will back him, he's a good player. I think if utilized properly you have a quality talent there, and I think we saw that with Chelsea not last season, the season before. Um So Twice. he's a good player. Yeah, two seasons. Two, yeah, he's a good player. He's a good player. You know, That's if you okay, use him, like yeah. The one, the one person I don't used using wisely was Frank Lampard. Mm. Speaking of Frank Lampard, um... <laughs> you know <laughs> I've been rolling
1: in my head. I've been I've been shaking my head a lot on this podcast so far. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's,
0: it's it's a baffling one with, because you started this season with two girl, Um... He had won the Champions League um, as well. Obviously, not the last year, the year before, because were are the, the current holders until, obviously, the winner of Man City and Inter Milan, we found out who was the Champions League there. But um, he started the season, wasn't the best of starts, as we are clearly aware. But then Graham Potter came in and it got seemingly worse. Uh Difficult summer for Chelsea. Couldn't have signed a lot. Couldn't sign anybody, I think, because of the Abramovich situation, Russia, Ukraine. Um, Topoli eventually comes in. He's forced to sell. But with all that said, Tuchel sacking him first before we go to Potter. The right decision for you?
1: I, I think it's a tough one, man. I think I think yes, in a way, because I think the divisions don't align, and this is what we're hearing that. Thomas Tuchel's vision or his plan or his ideas were rubbing Todd Bowley and the hierarchy the wrong way. So mm. if, it was, if it wasn't going to be sacking in a, a September or, the, or back end of August or whenever it was, it was going to be happening at Christmas. It would happen now. It would happen in a year. It was going to happen at some point. Mm. So I, is it the right thing? Possibly not looking back on hindsight at the same time as well. So it's on, it's on the fence answer I'm going to give you. But because I still think Thomas Tuchel done really well with a squad that needed improvement. And yeah. I I think he needed a bit more time. I think the sacking, even Todd Bowley's comment said the sacking of Suco was was premature. It shouldn't happen when it did. So he's obviously learned that mistake. But I think it was gonna happen at some point because mm. if a manager doesn't get on with the owner or the owner doesn't get on with the manager, what's gonna happen? It's gonna it's gonna be a sacking at some point. Someone and the owner ain't leaving, the owner owns the club, he ain't leaving nowhere. So the manager's <laughs> going. So I, I think it was the right thing to do. I, I, I think who came in to replace him was what were your thoughts end? on that? When you were
0: linked with him and you saw it was serious, were you were you convinced by Potter? No, oh no, that's a shake of the head. No, okay.
1: No, do you know what I think at the time it was a it was let's see how it goes moment right. because you gotta remember how I mean we I think when you talk about not you but when we talk about Graham Potter, we think of Graham Potter at Chelsea. We gotta remember what Graham Potter was trying to install at Brighton at the time. And I know the Zerbi's done like above and beyond what Graham Potter done, but you have to remember that he was trying to get this team Brighton, his Brighton team, playing a very good style of football. I think he was almost there. I think obviously the Zerbi has to say taking it to the next level. So it was it it was a step up that Potter needed. I just, I just wish it wasn't my club that he'd done it with. Because <laughs> yeah. at the end of the day, I think he's a very good manager. I think if he goes to, you know, I think he's been linked with Crystal Palace recently. So if he goes to that kind of club again and just tries to take baby steps as opposed to go from Brighton, no disrespect to, to Brighton fans at all, but to go from Brighton to a team that's trying to compete for the Champions League or compete for the Premier League, it's a massive step up. And I don't think Graham Potter... Understood the magnitude of the job he was taking on because the the job was, I think there was a press conference where he said, you know, I've never I've never watched like champ or I've never been in a Champions League environment before. You can't say that as a Chelsea manager because you're expected to be the one that leads the team out to that Champions League game. So, I think you could see as time went on when he got his polo neck thing on, he got his little makeover thing. You could see that deteriorate from him by. Pfft, i don't know october Mm. a month into the job he was just not the great potter that started the job a a month earlier so i i think it was the and the thing is the rebuild is a massive thing so when you get a manager in they have to be able to deal with egos the change keep things ticking on the pitch getting the plays right new signings coming in Mm. massive disruption in the dressing room pressure from outside of you know fans media you got a lot to deal with so to deal with all of that plus the whole thing of trying to adjust how we're trying to play and how what the, the new owner's probably trying to come in and tell you how to set your team up with the wrong i think the owner gave him the wrong formation with with core he gave him an extra player it was like a four 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 three formation he tried oh, yeah, to get yeah course. i remember that two yeah people. i remember that so when you've got someone like that trying to come in and like add their little two pence into it or whatever, you know, I think it's um, it was only again it was only going to end one way, you know, the pressure got to him um, in the end. But part uh, part will get another job somewhere, just just not a top club, I don't think for for the time being.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, look, you're talking about a massive changing environment. You know, you're going from one club to another. That's one thing. But even Chelsea yeah. in itself going through a different type of environment um, um, ownership. You know um, mm-hmm. how the owner does because Abramovich was very active, but Abramovich worked with the managers. That like, you know, there was,
1: yeah, there was
0: some sort of plan. You know, and he he was ruthless, but it, it looked like he was ruthless with a plan because Chelsea were successful mm. regardless. And I can only think of maybe Scolari And if you want to say Avb didn't work out, you want to say the rest kind of did enough to say that you got something out of there. Mourinho came and left, came back again, got titles in both reigns. You know, so we going to Todd Bowley now, who is essentially involved in everything, mm. you know. And for someone like Potter, who I'm sure at Brighton, I listened to how um, the owner sp- uh, speaks. He spoke on uh, the Beautiful Game podcast. So shout out those guys. Um, you could tell that he works with his manager as well, and he whoever the manager wants, he works to bring them in. That's why I Deserve is having so much success, and you can see the players they brought in. Have worked to their style as you've obviously said. Now they're in Europe, they're succeeding where Potter was trying to get them to. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, it just looked like it rattled him, it rattled him differently, and he didn't know how to deal with it. And you know, it's a learning curve, he's still a young manager. You know, maybe if he goes, let's go to Palace, depending on if they don't want to allow Ray Hushin to actually enjoy retirement or not, who knows. Um. It could, it could be a good move for him, it could be a good move for him, but he was not the worst managerial appointment, as we have already mentioned. Frank Lampard, now this one, this one threw me. And if I'm gonna be honest with you, bro, a part of me really wanted to message you and like
1: <laughs> just my phone, my phone was off that period. You were not going to touch me at all. <laughs> be honest,
0: I, I, I was so close to that message you were saying, firstly, like, why is this happening? Are you okay? Why is he back? Like just so many questions because hmm. the overall bafflement in the football world kind of epitomizes his reign as well as his appointment because not doing well at Chelsea is one thing that's okay. They're a huge club. Everton are also a very big club. If I'm being honest, they are a big club. They've got some good yep. history. Um, he fell there. So, what on earth made Todd Bowley? Even if it's a temporary thing, look around all the options and say, I'm going to bring this guy back. It, could could you have made any sense of it when you heard the news? And Yeah.
1: <laughs> hey, do you know what? I think at the time as well, I remember thinking, because at the time when um, Potter was sat uh, I think there was little rumblings about maybe Frank Lampard, but I was like, no, no, that ain't going to happen. Come on, don't be silly. He's just been, he nearly got Everton relegated. Come on, it's he's, he's not going to happen. And we were, at that time as well, we were on free Like you got to remember the results were not good at all under part. So we were getting closer to that relegation than ever. And we were joking as Chelsea fans saying, oh, you know, relegation battle might be on. And then it stopped being a joke to, oh, like we actually might be on a relegation battle right now. So to see him come in, it didn't make any sense to me. And the only sense that I got out of it from a, a, a sort of Todd Bowley, Chelsea perspective was that there was a lot of disgruntled fans under Graham Potter that were booing the players off, abusing the players verbally as they walked off the pitch, Kukare being one of them, Mesa Mount, uh, Kepper at times, obviously Graham Potter, I think got ended up getting death threats So there was a lot of things that were going on or I think his family got death threats or something. Um, So there was a lot of things going on at the club that was just hostile and just crazy. So I think the only thing I can think of Todd Bowley in his mind when he's looking at Frank Lampard's record and sees loads of L's and D's and not a lot of W's is I need something to come in and calm the fans down, appease the fans a little bit, a familiar face, a club legend, someone that's a bit of a face of Chelsea for him to come in and just see out the season yeah. but even even that i think annoyed a lot of the fans because i think the the fans realized that we're not in that sort of um space where you know i think our last game when frank lampard was there last time was i think it was against like Wolves and we on the final day we got into the champions league that way with, with frank lampard under a transfer ban so i think the fans were expecting that again that kind of frank lampard that had the tammy abraham olivier giroux you know, these sort of plays that might just get you the three points. We didn't have yeah. that this season. We had Kai Havertz as a nine. <laughs> so things were different. And I think Chelsea fans didn't expect that.
0: abame was there.
1: Yeah, but you see the thing with Abame. I think, oh, I can't remember what his fee was. You know, his appearance fee, his, his appearance fee was mad.
0: He had an appearance his, fee?
1: Yeah, he had an appearance fee. Uh, I, I'd have to. I'll send it you afterwards. But he's—he uh, was a mad number. It uh, was a couple hundred thousand, I think, per game, which is why I think he never ended up in the Champions League squad as well, because obviously the more you pe- pe- play him, the more you pay him. Um,
0: the money management at
1: Chelsea was bad this year, isn't it? Hemorrhaging money. We we are hemorrhaging money out of our. Yeah, but um, man. Yeah, so I think, yeah, obviously Aubameyang was there. We had David Datra, for Varno, another really good player that's come in, um, but never hit the ground running, hasn't been given the opportunity. And I want to see a lot more of him next season as well. But I, I just think, I mean, Lampard, I think, won one game, Bournemouth recently, yeah. 3-1. That was his only win as Chelsea manager. I'll be honest, and this is going to be probably something that Chelsea fans won't agree with. He's not a manager at any
0: level. And I'm sorry I'm like to say... I'm a Chelsea fan, you. I agree with you. Is sure. he
1: he's, he's someone that could be like an advisor or in, an, in an advisory role or a technical director role? 100%. If, he, if he's, because he's picked out a couple of players before, if what he's saying is true, he said he tried to sign Erlen Haaland a couple of times on his first stint at Chelsea manager, didn't get didn't get it over the line. But if he's picking out certain talent and certain players, then there's a role for him behind, away from the dugout. Hmm. He doesn't have to do that. Go and be a number two for Sonia. John Terry hasn't, John Terry's Swallowed his pride a little bit and said, "Look, I'm going to be a number two to Dean Smith and yeah. whatever, whatever, and I'm learning my 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 trade if you want to call it that under a, a manager. Probably a bad example because Dean Smith just got lesser relegated, but <laughs> yeah. you get what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. someone that he's learning off, you know. Yeah. And you look at all the managers, the Prem managers, Wayne Rooney, Stephen Gerrard. None of them have really been obviously Gerrard in Scotland, different story. But when they come to when he's come to the Prem, he got Sats when they were 17th, and Emery got them to to seventh in the league. So some of these managers have to just take a step back and realize, I'm, you know, Gary Neville done it, Valencia. You haven't yeah. seen him manage since then. He's in the studio with, uh, with Jamie Carragher every Monday night. So sometimes you've got to take a step back. He's not, he, Frank Lampard is not a manager. He's just someone that has got the name of Harry Redknapp in him. His dad, obviously, Frank Lampard senior. Yeah. Jamie Redknapp is his cousin. He's got the, the, the goal scoring records at Chelsea. That's it. Very good player. Really bad manager.
0: Yeah. I mean, for me, people like me and you, we, we, we watched him in his, his Chelsea days, bossing it. I mean, he was, for me, one of the best midfielders I've ever seen. And I, I think to this day, it's genuinely incredible to have a central slash attacking midfielder be the goal, top goal scorer of a, of a club. Not even just a club, of a club in general. It's an outstanding achievement. Um and he goes down in history for that. The issue is when you come into management and you have such a, dare I say, an atrocious run as a manager, especially considering if you add in his Everton form as well, he lost, I think...
1: He nearly got them relegated. Let's be honest. That's not yeah. that That's a Frank Lampard that nearly got Everton relegated on Sunday.
0: There you go. Yeah, exactly. And in fact, considering the, that he joined Chelsea... What, when did he join you guys? What was it February? Yeah, February? something like that. So he replicated that form to maybe even a more of a worse extent, you know, because he dragged Chelsea from top half of the table. <laughs> yeah,
1: he dragged us from 11th to, to, to 12th. <laughs> but... <laughs> well, yeah.
0: Okay, so not, not that far down, but we were not still... that high
1: up the league when he come in. We were bottom half. I think we were like 10th to be fair or 9th, to mm, be fair, but he did go. drag us down slightly. But I think, I, I think it's not just the results. I think it's his tactical awareness. It's his, His understanding of the game as a manager, not as a player, two different things. I think when I watch him as a player, brilliant, he knows where he needs to be. He knows what to do. And that's easier because you're just focusing on, I suppose, your role in the team. When you're the manager, you've got to think about 11 players, well, 10 outfield players on the team and what they've got to do. Some of his lineups did not make sense. You'd go from a back four to then three centre-backs with the wing-backs the next game. He was playing three in midfield, like with Kovacic and, and uh, Conor Gallagher. Or I think oh. one of the games recently he had Enzo playing as a, almost as a, a, a six on his own with Conor Gallagher and Carney Chokomeka playing ahead of them. Yeah. It, so what do you want Enzo to do? I think it was against City. What do you want Enzo to do in that situation? Yeah. Like he's going to get torn apart in that in that midfield on his own, in, in that role. So uh, I just think some uh, playing Hakim Ziyech. The man that wants to leave, the man that went to nearly went to PSG. You're playing him, bringing on Christian Pulisic. It just, it just didn't. I think he was just, in all honesty, I think Frank Lampard just came in. Todd Bowley rang him and said, "Look, just come to the end of the end of the season. We'll pay you X amount." Mm. He just for easy money. I'm I'm local. So step step, thro- no stone's throw from my house in Chelsea. I ain't got to travel. I can see my family every day. I can get up. You know what I mean so? I think this is an easy win for him and a win for Todd Bowley because it stopped the fans from being as hostile as they have been this season.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I would hope that he would have a bit more self-respect for himself. I mean, I, I would, if I was in that position personally, I would try my best to make something happen. But you look at some of his press conferences and say stuff like you know he doesn't know what to do with Jean Felix or. So, I'm uh, just not gonna use him, but you bring back like you said, Ziek playing Conor Gallagher behind the striker against Real Madrid in a game that you know wasn't completely dead. It's just weird things and even now you say it, you say as well the the midfield free against City, you're essentially you're essentially throwing the game to City. I mean yeah. City are obviously the best team in the league. You know, they are an outstanding football team, but you gotta try and compete and you gotta try and put your best team out there. He clearly didn't do that. Um but it's also it's also not on the players' per- I'm gonna say it's not on the players. It is on the players as well. But you know there has to be an idea where Bowley or whoever else at the club is gonna say, you know, he had a lot of these players when he was here before. Why would they play for him now? If you're Kai Havertz, Kai Havertz is gonna look at you and say, I'm not gonna play for you. I mean, he's not played well anyway. But more to the point, he's not gonna play for you. You know, you know stuff like that. But. Um, Seasons over, at least you know, <laughs> it's no more stress. Just before we wrap up on the season and then look forward to next season and maybe some ambitions for of your of your of your role for the the club Chelsea. Um. Last season, just sum it up in maybe a, a couple of words. Just how.
1: Well, how exactly. rubbish! He <laughs> trying to find the word rubbish. I can tell you what it is. I got other words, but I'm going to use rubbish for now.
0: Um, fair enough. Fair enough. I didn't know how to. I didn't. I didn't know how to phrase that <laughs> sentence because there's only negative words that you could use if you're a Chelsea fan considering you know what the ambitions are and what Chelsea have done. But next season, Pochettino comes in. As we've discussed, there will be a new team. There will be a lot of new players and a lot of players gone. What are you hoping for? Um, considering now you've got rivals around you may not have improved this year, we don't know what they'll do uh, Newcastle uh, who have, I think I'd say they have overachieved, I didn't expect them to get Champions League football Arsenal yeah. have done well this year and look like they're going to try and get Rice and Cassidy in, City will be there Liverpool not sure what they're doing, looks like they want to try and throw all the money on Bellingham who looks like he's closer to Real Madrid, but then at the same time they're linked with three good midfielders, so it could be a boost there as well so many teams are in and around. Uh, Tottenham. Tottenham are there sometimes. Um, all these teams around, what would you hope for Chelsea next season?
1: If I'm honest, and it's me just trying to be honest as possible, I think without the European football, the amount of issues that we have been highlighted over the last two or three seasons, I think realistically getting back into Europe is the achievement. And that's just me talking from a realistic perspective, you'll ask some Chelsea fans, they want to go and win the league or try and push for the Champions League next season. That is not happening because there's so much that we have to address this summer, not in January, like we tried to with Enzo. we got to address it in the summer. we got offload players. And I think it's going to take time for potuccino Yes, he's got that pre-season window uh, in America, but he's got to, he's got to bring that into the, the league form, which is completely different from your pre-season. And it's going to take some time, I think, you know, whoever we bring in, they have to yeah. get up to speed fully with what Pochettino's asking. Realistically, like you just said as well, you know, you look at Liverpool, they want McAllister, I think that's literally a done deal from Brian. Yeah. Um yeah. Newcastle, like you just said, you know they're going to spend. They're in the Champions League, so they've got the money, the financial backing of their owners, so they're going to spend some good money this this summer. Man City and Man City, let's not even talk about them because we know what they're about. United will sign some players. You know, I've been hearing mad rumours about Neymar only wants to sign for United if he's leaving PSG. So read into that what you will. So I think every club, and obviously Arsenal as well, um, so you're going to see a lot of clubs pushing, you know, and you think Arsenal... Credit them Push City And in a way Bottled the Premier League This season So Everyone's Going to raise their game By you know 25-50% next season Just to try and compete With City And I don't think we're I think we're miles away From that I think we're miles away From even trying to compete For a league I think our ambitions Next season Top 6 Europa League At best We can try and push for Champions League Champions League possibly but you look at the teams around us and they're going to be doing just exactly the same we can't even rule out Villa yeah. as, as much as we yeah. think. Unia U- Emre is a really good manager he's done well with the squad he's got now they're looking at uh, Asensio from Real Madrid Pretty they're sad. bringing in big names so mm-hmm. you can't rule them out either so it's going to be a tough season but I trust Poch I trust Pochettino to at least get the football right at Chelsea again that's something we've missed now for two seasons so there's no, there's no real excuses because we haven't got European football. We've got one game a week essentially, without like, League Cup and FA Cup as well. But no European football. This is the time to get it right. This window here is to he's got to get it right.
0: Yeah, he does. I mean, it, even Brighton as well. Brighton started. The who's coming in? Yeah, they've got Milner for a bit of experience. So yeah, no, it's going to be an interesting season. Um, personally, from the outside looking in, if Chelsea allow Pochettino to build a team that I think. He's trying to build genuinely. I think anywhere between third and fifth, Chelsea can get well. Of course, now it's a monopoly with everyone spending money. You know, um, people say that makes the league more competitive, it looks like that. But from in my frank opinion, I think the league is still a pile of poo. But hey, that's another discussion for another <laughs> day. Um, but feel it's always been a pleasure, man. Um, before we knock it off, and you will hear from feel again soon. Um, I'll invite you again for sure to do some transfer stuff during the window as well so yeah we yeah. shout you for that for sure but um please let them know about your where they can find you personally and also your shows as well because you've got more than just from the shed yeah. Well. yeah yeah
1: I, I don't know if i can claim the other one because I, i've neglected it this season but yeah so yeah <laughs> well, i appreciate you having me back on it's always a, it's always a good talk when we come on there so um yeah i appreciate uh, yeah you can as you can see if you're watching in the visual. Um, at from the shed, N, Chelsea Twitter and Instagram account as well. Again, you know, for, um, forgot what that one's called, Starla Play Football. My mind went yes. blank. Then
0: that's
1: <laughs> <average>. <laughs> what I'm trying to do with that, and again, you're very much welcome to come on there as I want people to be coming on, I want regular guests to come on, regular co hosts. So, anyone who's looking to get into football, little shameless plug coming on, but anyone who's looking to get into football sort of content and try and build something, then. Go to start of play football on Twitter, DM me, uh, and yeah, we can talk on there. But definitely gonna have to get you on there, Kojo, as a regular co host, regular guest.
0: Anytime, anytime, honestly, I'm doing this right now. Um, obviously, free midfield, and, and um, but my, my calendar's open, like I said, I ain't done free midfield in a while, but I'm trying to, you know, be a bit more um, particular with my content. Um, mm, but, yeah. for, but for people like you and there's like four or five others. If you holler me, I'm there. So yeah, we'll talk. Man. We'll talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the thing. But yeah, um, thank you for joining us. Of course, that was Chelsea season. Um, just for fear state of mind, I hope they do a lot better next season. Um, for my state of mind, I hope they stink. But <laughs> <laughs> um, other than that, um, it's been a pleasure. Like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. Find us on the YouTube channel for me for podcasts and of course on all your audios and all your socials free me field that includes tiktok where i have to learn how to do more content and videos identify for a job to be a content creator at tiktok so if i get that job i better learn fast so other than that have a lovely day and i'll see you later